Hello and welcome to Connected by Life. I'm your host, Sean Paul Harrison, and today is the last part of a three-part series. The name of it is Lightworkers Turning Tragedy into a Lifelong Story. Our guest is Dr. Dyke Drummond, and today we're going to be focusing in on the hero and their story that never ends. Dr. Dyke Drummond is the CEO of HappyMD.com. He's also the author of Stop Physician Burnout. He's a leader, an entrepreneur, a mentor, and a dear friend. This is the last part. It's the third part of our three-part series on lightworkers. And this one is lightworkers turning tragedy into a lifelong story. So, I mean, we have run the gamut. We've talked about, you know, how we got here how a family basically got to this point in dealing with the loss of a loved one and walking them through their journey together with the Oregon Procurement Organization, the physicians and the hospital staff, how important that teamwork is. And now we're discussing, really focusing on, you know, what this gift of life is given to not only others, but also to this family. I'm looking forward to to getting your perspective as someone that uh, also has experienced this in the conversations that we've had. Well, and I, I think about this, we talk about lifelong stories, lifelong stories, because um, when we think about going through a donation experience, um, I, you're, you would know the answer to this, but when it comes to uh, a single donor being able to actually save the lives of recipients, how many people's lives can be saved by a single donor? Eight through organ. Eight. And then over a hundred can be healed or saved through tissue donation. Right. So we're talking about the ultimate tragedy, loss of a loved one, that we take them through this experience, both technically as healthcare professionals doing what we can to stabilize the, the, the loved one and to test, to confirm that this is not an injury or an illness that they can survive we give them the space and protect them to be able to get some closure with their loved one in the accelerated time frame of the donation decision, and then facilitate all the technical aspects of, of organ and tissue harvest that allow 50 people to benefit from a single experience. Just amazing. When I think about the term light worker, right? Allying your professional life to the forces of light in the universe. I can't think of a point in a doctor's life in which the voices of angels singing could be heard any louder than through this procedure. And yet, and yet the crushing emotional burden of the same period of time makes it so I would imagine that it's easier to feel joy. It's easier to feel uh, fond memories. It's easier to feel anything positive after this is over in retrospect and in a lot of the follow-up that you do with the family members and the donee recipients and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to mention too, whenever we're talking about the numbers of lives saved, you know, I, I recall a number of different stories through, through my time here. And I remember a donor mom was talking about the number of lives that her son had saved. And then she added one. And she said the reason why she could add one is because her son saved her life. Because because of what he was able to give to someone else, she didn't have to put a period at the end of his name. It was a comma because his story did 
go on through saving the lives of others. And so, you know, to think about that, we're, you know, we're obviously thinking about these recipients who need a second chance at life, but then also we're, we're thinking about these families that, you know, would have had just, it would have ended. And that's one of the things that we always want to remind others is, is continue sharing those stories because they'll never be forgotten. Yes, and just tell us a little bit about what um, LOPA, your organization, organ procurement organization, does to support the families afterwards. Because you have all sorts of ceremonies and and gatherings that you do that, uh, you know, I have yet to join you in one of them, but boy, it sounds like it must be very fulfilling. (laughs) Well, you're definitely invited to the next one. So, you know, we have a family services department that is strictly dedicated to these donor families, organ and tissue donor families, that continue that communication well beyond just that day. And so that is one of the most incredible things that we have as an organization. One of the things that we also always want to remind physicians so that they know the commitment and dedication that we provide to these families. And uh, But also we do a lot of memory-making things in the hospital, like recording the, the heartbeats, uh, so that we can give back to the families. We do flag raising ceremonies. We had the path of remembrance. We've had donor family picnics. So there's a number of different things that we that we do, that we continue to do, that our organization is really focused on because we want those families to make sure that they know that they're special and that their loved one is a hero and will always be remembered. Well, and I think you told me too that sometimes the the donor families meet some of the recipients. Yes, that's much more of a common thing now. And, you know, that is a beautiful, beautiful experience to see when those two can can definitely meet one another. And let's talk just a little bit about the fact that not everyone chooses donation. And, and I know that that's a topic that has multiple angles from which you can approach it, but not everyone chooses donation. One of the things that we've been talking about in the previous two episodes is there are certain things that you can do at the point at the at the point when the the donor and their family are in the hospital and we've reached brain death there's certain things you can do to maximize the possibility that the family will choose to donate but that doesn't happen all the time yeah. sometimes um you have conversations and my understanding is that you and your organization also maintain contact with the families of folks who don't choose to donate, right? Well, the, the, I think we, that was in regards to the the support that we provide to the family in the, at the hospital, that uh, the support that we provide to the family uh, doesn't, it, it's not contingent upon the answer or the wishes that the family wants. They, they still support the family along with the hospital staff, but they still support the family uh, and have still done memory-making items with the family um, just to give them something uh, positive. So, yeah, we definitely, like I said, it's not contingent upon the answer. We obviously want to have a conversation with the family so that we can support them, provide any answers to the questions that they have so that they can make the best decision for their loved one and for their family. And remember, too, that um, uh, turn over your driver's license and see if you got the box checked for donation because what we're doing in these situations is making your wishes come true in these difficult conversations and difficult settings when you have a life-threatening or life-ending injury. Well, it is so important because, you know, there's over 100,000 people awaiting a life-saving organ transplant in the United States, which grows every day. And, uh, you know, that is important. We always, in our community education is where it starts. 
You know, that is so important because you don't want a family to be faced with this decision for the first time when they're dealing with the loss of their loved one. So when we're doing community education or even education within the hospital, we always talk about it's very important for you to not only get the information about donation so that you can make a decision and obviously register yourself. And then, uh, you know, I mean, my family definitely knows what I would want. So, Well, then let me ask you this question. If you think about a, a single donation where you have your team in the hospital and, and they help take over the conversation, then you take over the patient and you take over the organ donation process and all of the delivery of those organs to where they need to go. How many people are involved, do you estimate, in that whole process for just a single uh, donor? That's really difficult. I mean, the easy answer, I think we've we sat around and talked about it for a while. And I know I'm going to, you know, it depends on, you know, whether it's organ or organ and tissue, organ, tissue and eye and, you know, which organs and everything else. I mean, but I think that one time, you know, we were sitting around a table and, and it's, you know, definitely over 100. There's so many people that have to work together that that want to work together for this to happen. So it's, you know, it, it is it's a miracle in and of itself outside of just the hero who is the person that is giving. For the folks in, that are listening right now that are involved in any way with the setting in which the donation decision gets made, if you have not yet attended a training by your local organ procurement association, if you're in Louisiana by LOPA, to be trained about the procedures and protocols so that when it happens to you next, you can feel more prepared and more calm and can give the family the space that they need to make the decision. If you haven't attended that training, the next time they come around, please sign up and attend and practice because you can be a part of the yes, and it helps when you're prepared. And the last thing I'll mention too, Dr. Drum, we had talked about some of the things that we do for families. You know, uh, something that's also very important when we have these flag raising ceremonies or anything that we're doing for families, we do encourage staff or physicians to be a part of that as well, to know uh, that they have been a part of, you know, this support to families and also the life that's being given to others. This is a team effort, and that's something that will continue to be ongoing. Well, and you also invite members of the team to the to the to the lunches and the family reunions afterwards, don't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got to do that too. If you're listening to me and you've been involved in any of these situations, you have not yet seen the happier side on the far side afterwards when the families get together. If you haven't taken that time, I know it's emotional, but if you haven't done so, I really recommend it. It's the way that you can see the fact that your work at that light worker point, your ability to support that family has made a huge difference in the world. If you don't, if you don't see that afterwards, all you remember is the difficulties of the donation decision. So go to one of those reunion uh, lunches and potlucks. Well, Dr. Drummond, you know, this has been, it's been a journey, man. You know, we've, uh, we've talked about three different episodes. I think that we could continue going on for uh, probably at least another 10 more. So, but I do really appreciate you being the guest here for our first three episodes of Connected by Life. Um, you're an amazing person, man. You've been uh, extremely, extremely influential in my life. And I know for a, a lot of other physicians throughout the country and what you're doing to help physicians avoid burnout. So thank you very much. You're welcome, Sean Paul.
Hope you enjoyed the conclusion of the three-part series with Dr. Dyke Drummond. Today's was Lightworkers Turning Tragedy into a Lifelong Story. If you want to hear more or learn more about Dr. Drummond, you can go to thehappymd.com. And also he has a podcast, Physicians on Purpose. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime at registerme.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Connected by Life on any of your favorite podcast apps. And one last thing, remember that you are a light worker. Keep shining. This is a production of LOPA. The content in this podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not intended to substitute for professional medical advice. To read our full disclaimer, please visit our website. The Connected by Life podcast is hosted by myself, Sean Paul Harrison. Our executive producer is Kirsten Heinz. Our production assistant is Chandra Williams. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. Troy Perez.